Sutton Savanash, happy Saturday. It is Saturday, July 18th, and we are more than halfway through 2020. Insane. Absolutely insane. We haven't done this in a while. We haven't we have done not. this in a few weeks, two, three weeks. I think I, longer. Time, time, time I don't flies. know. It, it's wild. Yeah. How's 2020 been treating you? 2020 With has... chaos of the world. There's shining lights everywhere. Um, whether you focus on positive, focus on negative, that's where your attention and mindset yep. goes. Yeah. So for me, obviously, has been uh, has been focusing on the positive and focusing on really. I think, you know, in terms of everything that's going on, I think it's really a really a pivotal time to focus on the foundation of things. And I think that's been a word I've kind of been referring back to a lot. Whether it's personal, professional, um, my opinions on things going on, I think it's time to take everything kind of you know strip everything back, and we're all being forced to you know really be we were really thrust into out of our day-to-day motions that kind of fill up uh, a lot of our headspace and make us think, you know, the things that become our norms and become our day-to-day lives. I think this has really been an awesome time for, I would hope, people to kind of, you know, and as a country, as, as a whole, just really strip back to what the foundation is and build a better you for tomorrow. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And I just kind of went through this, like, small, like, epiphany, like, this morning of, like, realizing the growth like looking back to my like moved in the new apartment in mm-hmm. in march uh oh, pretty much exactly what's march from now four months ago Do the math. three months ago i don't know what what <laughs> month is seven it? july minus three july <laughs> damn it um so a few months ago and like the growth has been insane and like i don't even recognize myself back way back way back then mm-hmm. a few months ago yeah um and it just it just shows like if you use this time to really like make yourself yep. better again like you said build build a better you for tomorrow like mm-hmm. you can grow so exponentially especially in yep. these times like this is the time you can grow the most when Absolutely. the world is in chaos when yep. like things seem like they they're falling apart like that's what really makes like great great leaders and 100 percent Great entrepreneurs. hundred percent. Yeah. And like it, it, it's a factual, um, I don't have like exact, exact numbers, but it's very broad in that it's, am I not close enough to the mic here? Nice. Um, that more millionaires come out of uh, recessions and downturns or corrections yeah. than when times are blissful and everything is going right. Yeah. But it's just, how are you going to react during it? And what makes now really interesting actually is like a lot of that comes because of stocks and uh, the market as a whole and buying in and then growing, you know, out of that. We're not really seeing that though. And, yeah. I, and I'm not trying to take like this to be, cause obviously I'm not any ex- bit of a market connoisseur or expert, but it's going to be, it, it's a really interesting time. And that's where I think it's kind of important to focus on, you know, what you want. And that's why I've kind of been focusing on, as I said, like foundationally looking within. And I think that's something that a lot of people could and should be doing right now because there's a lot of chaos out there if you really like look for it mm-hmm. and a lot of the tried and true things that we're kind of used to in you know market downturns or in you know when unemployment numbers rise to where they are you know like there's usually there's usually tried and true things that come along with it that aren't so it's really important to be finding you know what is it that you actually want what mm-hmm. is it that you know you're comfortable with and you have to really kind of really carve your own path out of it yeah no, like I just reflect on like risk and like risk taking in mm-hmm. general, especially during these times. And it's like, I a common question I get asked whether it's podcast interviews or just talking day to day of like the the college conversation of like, 
hey, wasn't it risky not going to not going to college? And I <laughs> I flipped the switch on him. I'm like that. If I went to college, that would be the riskiest decision I ever could have made. That's give or take fifty grand, sixty grand that I didn't have out of pocket. I would need to go into debt, um, mm-hmm. and I would invest that, four to five years of my time. Isn't that insane that like that's not viewed as a risk? Yeah, like, I'm like that's viewed as in in any other aspect of life. If you would say like business wise, yeah, I'm gonna take four to five years. I'm gonna dump seventy to eighty thousand dollars. I'm going to, you know, really put my head down into one thing. I'm not sure if it's what I want to do, but it feels right. Yeah. And I don't know anything about it. If you would say that for a business, people would look at you and go, you're a complete idiot. Yeah. Like literally, and I'm saying that bluntly because that's what people look at you like, like, oh, this dude's a clown. Yeah. But, like, but when you do it with college, nobody, like, I, I would say, like, I'm using an arbitrary, like 95% of kids aren't going to wind up doing what they either get their degree in or what they start in. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's that, like, but. Everyone that I know, I would say that like people with, from my circle, I would say it's low 90s yeah. of people that either wound up at a different school, that wound up in a different field, that basically didn't finish where they started when it comes to college. But that's viewed as a safe route. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's bonkers. It, it's absolutely crazy. I actually um, had a conversation with a college student two years in uh, last week. Um, and he's switching schools. He's debating switching majors and just kind of, you know, in that interim of very, very bright kid. I'm not saying that lightly, like very, very bright kid. Um, but no real world experience, no like job experience on the job stuff. And he's like, I don't really know if I like it, you know, cause you never actually do it. You know, you, now he's at the, you know, I want to say 35, 40 K in debt and isn't sure if he spent it on what he actually wants to be doing. Yeah. Cause he has no practicality into the real world of like, you know, in school he's okay at it. He's good at it and it's there. But he's starting to get more into the actual detail of it. He's like, I actually don't really know if I like love this. And I was like, well, have you ever, you know, tried to even get an internship? You try to, well, like my college pushes after your junior year you get. So you're telling me that like they push you structurally to you have to spend at least $60,000 or whatever before you, you actually get an see internship? Be- before you should go and get your internship. Yeah. Because that's when the, that's like when that's a course and it's part of the elective and stuff. And. So you should spend sixty thousand dollars before you actually go into the real world and see if you want to work and do it. That is what the hell! I, so I literally heard that and I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. No, like I went to college. Like, like that's like I get it, but like hearing it put like that, I was like, "Oh man, that's like." Yeah. But that's the safe route. Yeah, it's 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 insane. It's broken, and now we're really seeing people open their eyes. Look at Harvard. Harvard is. Yeah, I, I love that that's getting roasted. That's so funny to me. Going back to school, all online classes, 50K a year. Yep, same price. 50K. Yeah, you don't get anything. Zoom it classes? costs a school nothing. It, it's, it's absolutely bonkers. I always said that was really interesting. So actually, fun fact, um, for me going to college online, I paid more than the kids in school. Really? Yeah, they they had an online surcharge. Mm-hmm. I like. And I never knew my teacher. Like, I, I, I'm this isn't to really throw myself or my like degree under the bus, but my, my degree was shit Yeah. in, in that, like I never met my teachers. Mm. I could have like with art history, with all those classes, if Quizlet wasn't around, I would never pass college. I like my accounting courses were a breeze, but that's obvious that that's just a given. But like, I could have literally not done any of my work and no one, I never knew my teachers never knew who I was. I never like had a really, do anything that was beyond, you know, like literally it so far as like the book learning aspect of it. Yeah. The homework assignments were out of the book. 
which is why I have my like I, I respect teachers. Yeah, I know I can, I can get a lot of flack for that, but like, for for you see what these professors and stuff make, and I'm paying a surcharge to be online because they're literally taking. I'm getting graded just by taking the book, like that's set up by McGraw Hill. I'm trying to think of the bigger book companies that supply college texts, and I'm literally on their portal and just getting the my grade is whatever it says on McGraw Hill. I'd never talked to my professors, never emailed them, don't even know who they were. Hmm. But I got a college degree and I paid a surcharge to be online. But it's because you paid a surcharge for McGraw Hill, but I didn't I didn't say, well, why don't I get a discount? Because you're because I don't actually need the professor. What's the point? It, it's really interesting. Hmm. interesting. It's, a, it's just a flawed like I could have literally like that that's a business idea for someone right there. Yeah. If I wanted to do schoolwork all day, start up a business that does online kids accounting work for them or online, you know, like just homework <laughs> for kids because yeah. so, the school is never going to know. It, it literally makes no sense. <laughs> like I never talked yeah. to them, never had a like outside of like more of like English courses a little bit where you had to write, you know, but I would say as far as writing goes, yes, write it too. Cause what do they know? They like don't know your personality type. You never meet them face to face. You could write a great text and you get an A. I would probably say 80 something percent of my college education was simply just multiple choice answers, stuff like that. Yeah. Not, not theory, not any sort of, yet it cost me 50 grand, never met the professors, you know, but I yeah. needed, but like for my profession, you needed at least, you know, yeah. that bachelor's piece of paper. No, that's, it's insane. And like some, some kids excel in school, but majority of kids don't. And yeah. I, I'm reading Mindset by Carol Dweck, and she just like explains I how just bought that book. How teachers like teachers have fixed and growth growth mindsets too, and like we 100%. we can all definitely think of teachers that like whether we know it consciously or not, mm -hmm. but like oh this teacher really cared about kids learning and like mm -hmm. didn't favor kids and like really like helped kids along to help them learn. Yeah. But like thinking back, so many teachers out there, and I'm not saying all teachers are bad, all teachers are good. That's the no, range of the spectrum. It, it's, it, yeah, it's like any sort so of many career. teachers give up on students right away because they see them as oh, these are the dumb kids, these are the yep, stupid kids my, on paper. My, my, and I don't mean to interrupt, but my my story is 110 percent that. I mean, my my opinion of teachers is a very, very biased one, and I want to say that because there are people that like get along with teachers very well, and like so I I don't want to act like when I talk it's from a place of you know like this is this is what it is, but. I, I was an absolute shit student mm -hmm. and I understand that like you kind of get what you give, but also like, uh, like in, in high school, while it was misled in my, you know, handling of it, um, I've always thought even from a young age that like, it was never came down to age. And I think starting my career so early kind of helped that, but I never looked at like, just because you're older, like that I should listen to you. Like you have to like it's the same it, it it's a respect thing like you have to give respect to earn respect and mm -hmm. and for me like I, I would always try to sit down with teachers and really be straight up and say hey like I work you know when I leave here especially my junior and senior year of um, high school like when I leave here I go and work for you know six seven hours a night so I'm not gonna really do this homework I checked out your you know class syllabus or whatever and notice that if I at least get a 70 on you know on the final 
and if I do 20-some percent of the homework and at least get a B on all of that, I'm going to pass this class. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I was treated like shit across the board. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I wasn't playing the game, and I wasn't, like, but it was crazy to me that, like, you would see kids that, like, would be doing the homework and, you know, would be spending, you know, hours of their night towards school, which is fine, getting, you know, better grades than me in the course, even though I know they're getting 50s and 60s on their final, but because homework is weighted, you know, as heavy as it was, or because participation was weighted as much as it was they're getting better grades than me but i can ace a final showing up to it just getting enough that i know i can pass the class so the homework was pointless or just because you have the skills yeah and then like sitting there with my you know these get degrees and stuff and um and the teacher is absolutely loving the students who you know and i get that there is an application process there that well you're gonna like the students that are giving an effort this and that but then i got no help either yeah. And I don't mean like help on the homework because I wasn't seeking that, but I mean like from a guidance perspective, I was kind of just thrown to the side then. Yeah. And it just created like a ton of animosity and a ton of issue, you know, in my day-to-day life because they just wanted people that were going to be structured and play the game. And they knew that I wasn't. And then they really just could let me be too, but then they really went the extra mile to then point out, you know, like when I was, if I, if I had an accounting book out in science, it's well, why don't you put that away? It's like, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing then. What's the point? Yeah. Like, and then that's where I can think of it now a little bit differently. But at 16, 17, well, then you're going to be an asshole. Yeah, you're, you're, hard, you're yeah. a hard-headed yeah, teenager. Yeah, exactly. That- yeah, like, like you're just going to be a dick about it. But, but that's what's so, like, interesting now seeing it in hindsight is not that there's anything, you know, wrong. Everyone's got a different path. But, like, I, I get asked advice now from the 4.0 students. Yeah. But they were the ones who, you know – Basically, we're on a, you know, yellow brick road through high school and got treated, you know, and pampered and this and that. But now they're the ones who don't know what's going on once they get thrust into the real real world. Because we're seeing it now, like, you know, our classes are either getting through or finishing up with college. And it's the same example that we just spoke about. And it's like, it just baffles me that that's what's applauded because you're following the safe route. You're you're playing the game. You're doing this. You're doing that. And the kids that try to deviate are basically told that they're not going to go do anything. What does that do for someone's self-esteem? Yeah. What is that? Like, there's so many problems and, like, wiring issues that are built up within that. And luckily for me, like, I had the balance of working in the office space and then being kind of applauded there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying you should always need someone to build you up. But, like, especially at, during those formative years, you have to have someone telling you that you're not – not a piece of shit too if someone's equally telling you that you are yeah and luckily like i had you know the the wins in in my actual you know career that were kind of offsetting that and my my parents weren't really people that built you up Hmm. but they also just said yo you do what you got to do and like it's going to be your life so just kind of rock and roll and that was tremendous air cover because i knew so many people that um, you know, kind of thought either the same way as me or, you know, kind of had those feelings when their parents pushed them to get 4.0s, their parents pushed them to, like, you know, you need these grades, you need to do this. And, like, it was nice to just kind of have at least that air cover. So I had a few things, you know, that kind of were able to offset that. But think about the kids that don't. Like, if your teachers are telling you your shit, your parents are telling you that you should be listening to your teachers, and then you haven't – like, my story's unorthodox in that I was already in the office space. So it's like, what for the kids who aren't? Yeah. And then you basically either get, you know, I think it just like the mental, you know, 
like the mental state of that. Now you're getting told from all angles that you're shit. And if you're not someone who's, you know, I had a, there, there's two ways to have a chip on your shoulder. There's one, well, everyone tells me I suck, so fuck them and I'm gonna burn out. Or there's, I'm gonna prove these people wrong. And luckily I had the latter, but for majority of people, you're gonna have the former. And then that's how I think you see so many people not do much with their lives and kind of get stuck in the systems of then working, you know, um, paycheck to paycheck to make ends meet and stuff. Cause you never really got to be yourself. You never really, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if you didn't have that confidence initially, um, I think then the, 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 the school system fails you. And that's why like, I just have that. It's not, it's not really like animosity because at the end of the day, like I tell myself today, you know, to stay in a positive headspace that, Hey, those teachers knew that, you know, and this is all fluff, but like, this is what I tell myself is like, those teachers knew that that's what was going to, you know, motivate me. And it's not the case, obviously, but that's what I tell myself. Cause like, shit, that's like, I want to feel like mm-hmm. there was something positive out of it, but I know at the back of my mind that there's not. And I know that there's so many people out there who aren't going to actually go after and do what they want to do and aren't going to actually be able to really reach their potential. That means because they're stuck in what that system is and that plays starts in high school more so and then plays in the college because you get told tying this all together what that golden you know path is to what what's the safe route and not even the safe route it's not even the safe route like what's the good route like this is the route that you have to take this this is success and it's just broken mic drop that was rad no it's so true um like it goes back to the the saying like um like the A students will work for the C students or the D students. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how it's, that's how it's structured. Like think about kind of like where, where we're at with our, like you're more so into your career than, than I am. But like, even like my buddy, like Jake down in Kansas city that also runs agency, he's 21 and he's going out and hiring people that just graduated yeah. college looking for internships, looking for yep. $8 an hour jobs, $10 an hour jobs. But, but it's like, what were you doing the past four years mm-hmm. partying your life away? And like, but, but, but that's the thing. And that's where like, I, I, I like, I have such an interesting perspective with it because I always, I look at this like very similar to the way that workplaces happen as well. You kind of be like in life, you become a product of what you're, you know, of what you surround yourself with. Yeah. So I always, I'll give, I'll give an example and, I won't name names or companies, but like uh, a client has a very poor working culture and the employees are very gossipy and, you know, a ton of water cooler talk, not very effective. Company doesn't even have something as simplistic as KPIs. And and when it comes down to like reviewing employees, it's always you want to go, how is this employee performing? And I've really tried to challenge that because it starts at the top down. And I always like, well, how is the manager performing? Because mm-hmm. really, if you give someone a ship manager, what is really their potential? Like, like I, 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 like me coming through like the accounting system, like I, I had ship managers and I knew like when I, when I would grow and like, and like where the big formative years in my career were and where they weren't and areas where, you know, I, I stayed there prolonged and, you know, areas where I, I, I cut it quick. For a majority of people, like they're not going to make those decisions. Like you think about people that are going through, like that are either, or just at any point in their career. Like once you have a job, it's your job. And if your manager sucks, like well, 
it's almost a lifestyle that like you go home, you complain about your job and well, they don't listen to me, they don't do this, they don't do that. But think about it, like then your entire career is now being predicated on what your performance at that job is, but, but you're never allowed to actually thrive or build because your manager is shit, the owner of the company is shit, the company itself might be, you know? Yeah. Like not a, not a growth, progressive, forward-thinking company. And now, like, you basically live your career and say that you went, you know, the traditional college route. You now, you know, have, we can talk about, I do want to touch on this in a little bit, but you have the house, you have the car, you now have kids. You no longer have, you know, you followed what the golden path was, and now you're stuck because you have debt. You have, you have a family, you have obligations, you have this, you have that, and you'll never, you'll never... Because now you have, you know, the golden handcuffs of not being able to thrive in a career because you have too many expenses and too much basically going on to allow for you to really thrive and push and realize that there is a life beyond, you know, being in a shitty situation. And tying that back to the company, then it's like, um, it's why evaluating employees is always interesting because I, I, I think an employee's ceiling is really maxed out at whoever, you know, is either managing that department, that company, or that, you know, branch of the branch of the operation and I think we started this and sorry I got a little bit off but I tie that back to really life itself because you go through and you're told how to yeah this is where we kind of started with like the partying and stuff that's that's I'm talking about one specific company but as a country that's how we operate is hey this is your age, this is what you do at this age, and this is the path that you go down. You go to college, you party, this is where you learn, and then when you get out, you know, this is, you start your careers, and you go and you buy, you do time this. Time to hit the real world. Yeah, time to hit the real world, and it's awesome, and like, and this is, this is what the path to success is. This is how you live a, you know, plentiful life in the U.S. And it doesn't make any sense, because it, it's the same thing as the manager theory. Like, I would say that model, which is the foundational model to our country is literally the same thing as having a shitty manager. <laughs> mm. Like, 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 like you're not really able to thrive because you're playing a game and you're playing within an environment that isn't actually setting you up to have success financially, emotionally, mentally. It's putting you down the same path that leaves people retiring at 63 and just, you churn out your years, you retire, you get your, you know, social security and then you coast off and you die. Like, and then you start living at 63. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> like, and, and I mean, think about that model. The, the model is literally like you in your most formative years, what like are going to party and those are going to be the thriving times of your life that you're going to look back on. You're going to have kids. You're basically going to, you know, and people enjoy their time. I'm not saying like you don't enjoy the time with the kids and stuff like that, but like, then you have kids, you start living life, and then you kind of punt those years. Not that those aren't great years with your, like, I don't have kids, so I'm not, like, it could, those could be the greatest years of your life, too. I'm not trying to, like, but, like, you're from, you're basically just playing a game that's already made for you. Yeah. And then at 63, the kids are out of the house, you know, you're doing this, and now you have a few years before you die, you die <laughs> to be free again. Like how is how that came to be the foundational and structural model just absolutely baffles me. How do we fix it? I that that is a tremendous question. <laughs> if I had a magic wand and could change it, I would have people already in high school working in 
like seeing what the, like what are you foundationally good at and this is what i this is what i brought up in the conversation as well um with the student last week was you have to actually like kind of you, you really reverse engineer the situation so what are you good at mm -hmm. like what do you enjoy and it's not some you know fluff of like find what you you know find your passion at work a day or like you never work a day in your life because that's obviously not the case at all. I have as many stressful days as anyone. But like, look at it from a perspective of what what is something that you thoroughly enjoy um, learning? So like for me, I really enjoy like learning more and more about accounting because you find out more and more ways that you can save people money, you can make people money, um, how you can relate it to different businesses and different theories and and different date. It's just, it, it, there, is a, there is an endless amount of, um, things in which you can learn and money and uh, like really just just analysis and all of that just absolutely fascinates me um, you know how that's really the foundation of not only businesses but of all of our existences here you know on earth so there's like an endless ceiling of you know excitement for me to continue getting better at my craft I, it wasn't like I was born with, you know, a knack for accounting or this and that. Like, I just, even growing up, like, buying and selling sports cards, I would just like to see, like, oh, I made this much money or, like, and it's this percentage. And, you know, if I buy, you know, one of this, I can make, you know, $3. But if I buy, you know, six of this, it's the same price, but I can make, you know, $1.50 each, and that'll actually add up to more. And which scenario makes me more money with the limited resources I have? Like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I just found it fun. So it's like, I think by the time you're in high school, you know what things you kind of find fun. Mm -hmm. And literally, I mean, that can be like, yo, I really like video games. Okay, let's start looking in that industry. And now let's see, like, is it just the playing or do you actually like the games itself? And hey, let's look in the, you can start having different types of, you know, a path or avenue just based on what are your interests. And I think like foundationally and structurally, I'm I'm very confident that you have a lot of that kind of developed at at a young age. You know what what you actually enjoy. You know it's like not that you don't find new hobbies at, at, as you get older, but say you find a new hobby. But the like if you like snowboarding, or you like you know um, as you get older, you like jumping on a plane or something or something crazy. You know you find a new hobby, but that the foundation of that hobby probably didn't change. Yeah. You like the thrill of something or you like, you know, so what is that core trait that you exemplify? And then I think you can kind of start applying that to different types of fields and then reverse engineer your way. So like it, it, for me, like if I was playing this scenario out in my own life, say it's, I really like, you know, financials and I like looking at, you know, different analysis and ratios and stuff then you basically can put those traits in a bucket. You can literally type them into Google and what job pops up. Yeah. And then reverse engineer your way kind of to start an internship and see like, hey, this is what they actually do day to day and just see if you actually enjoy it. And you can start playing that through and now you're not spending, you know, $40,000 just spending your time. But when your time is worth time's nothing, not really worthless, <laughs> but, it's, but, 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 but exactly, it's worth nothing. There's no better really time to do it. And you can cut out half of the BS high school courses and send kids to second half of the day into doing free internships. It gives the, you know, employers, that's dope as hell. They, they're, they're getting free labor. And now imagine this scenario. 
you find, you know, you get linked up with Blank Slate and you're thinking because you really like video and you like, you know, editing and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of, you know, you have an internship for three months in high school. This kid's 15 years old, 16 years old. And now you're like, shit, you're either going to go to another internship. But if you really like it, now you get to hire this kid at 15, 16. Mm. And now you, you, you get to mold him. You get to mold his career. He gets to, you know, ready, you know, be starting his career at such a young age, which really doesn't have to be. But it's young by societal standards to start. Mm -hmm. But now you've got you've really got you know the next generation of employees they're already employed he's really learning you know already now we can make a practical decision about college because he's already got the job because you know that he can perform he didn't have to prove it through some bs you know degree or anything like that mm -hmm. the person got free work they now get the next generation of employee and that employee while you know while for that first you know couple months they weren't making money but now they have the experience which experience is always gonna is always going to triumph cash. Yeah. I've been saying that to all of my friends since I was, you know, literally 17 years old, even if I didn't, you know, conceptualize it as well at that age, I, I was making minimum wage. Um, if the job could have paid me zero, trust me, they would have. And I had buddies like very wholeheartedly tell me, Hey, like I'll get you a job at, you know, XYZ, a job at UPS, Sendix. Like, I don't know why you work twice as hard as me, but you're making, you know, $7 an hour. I'm making 14. And I was like, yeah, but like that money is going to, you know, and like now I have the words behind it, but like, I think it's time Billy was like, yeah, but the money's, but that money's going to spend once my experience is what's going to allow for me to, you know, like it's going to spend for the rest of my life. And literally that's the only reason that I make what I make today yeah. is because I got my foot in the door at that point, didn't trade, you know, my time for a bit more money. Cause I knew long-term that that was going to play out. Well, and that goes into like doing what you fucking love, mm -hmm. like. I just reflect on like my, I, I don't know why I was thinking about it the other day. I was, I'm just like in the snowboarding kick and like reflecting back to like my junior and like senior year, I was working like in winters, I was working like 40, 50 hours a week mm -hmm. with school, with track. And like, I would stay there until one, two, three, four 4am every Friday night, mm -hmm. um, get back at seven, 8am on Saturday night. And like, I got paid dirt. I got paid definitely less than minimum wage um, <laughs> because I got to snowboard and stuff, but I loved what I did. So um, could I have gotten a job at Best Buy or Sendix for, again, 12 bucks an hour, yep. 13, 15 bucks an hour, whatever which, which, it is. Which, which are, by the way, is a shit ton of money. Yeah, which, I mean, phenomenal, yeah. awesome. But it's like, I like going back to the money conversation, like doing what I love trumped anything else. Yep. It's like, I don't really like, I'm living at home, like I'm in high school. I don't really need a lot of money. I'm investing all of that money anyways. Yep. Um, like I'm, I'm not growing my checking account, I'm growing my investment account. Yep. And it's like, I, I made a living snowboarding and making pizzas and like doing what I actually love to do. That's awesome. Um, so it's like, that's been just a common theme again and like passion, passion follows. Like if you fucking yep. love your work, like you're, you're off to something. And that's, and, and, and I think another like key thing as, that, that you really hit on and I want to go into a little bit is when you said like you were doing like grunt work. Yeah. It was like shit work. That's exactly what I was doing. It wasn't like, yeah. I, it wasn't like I'm sitting in like an entry level accounting role and I'm thriving. Like I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, I'm sitting there, I'm running the shit. I'm not, I, I don't even think I looked at a ratio for a year and a half, mm. which is what I actually like doing. No, everyone's, everyone's shit work I got. Yeah. Like literally anytime somebody couldn't finish something, it was on my desk. Mm -hmm. Like, but that's, 
But that's what I think is actually really interesting and how that plays out is when you get out of college, you assume because you have this education that you have to, that you should have this responsibility and this, you know, like hierarchy of respect and, you know, um, admiration and position, which is bullshit because you, you don't have any real world or practical experience. Like, think about that. Like, really, I, I, I'm, I'm adamant like adamant about experience triumphing book learning, which I just obviously talked about through my college example because I think college is, is bogus. Um, but if you really like hone in on it, like yes, you get a foundational and structural knowledge of what the field is, but every single like practical example and stuff that I used to get for accounting was garbage in college. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is, this is like, they give you like an everything has this solution at the end and there's always this like kumbaya moment. I was like, I was like, literally, if this would happen, this this is an easy day's work. Yeah. Like, 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 I, I was like, you you don't have to go and talk to a dozen different managers and try to figure out why the you know like why the systems break. You got to be an I you know like, yeah. It's just complete garbage. So like, if you give me somebody with six years or I'll just even say four years of accounting experience, they went from accounting intern to AP to AR and they're an accountant. Or you ask somebody with a four year college degree, I'm hiring the the former every single time, and it's not going to be close. Mm -hmm. It's a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and. I think if you switch that model and the model in which we're talking about, you start getting experience stuff early, like you're not going to have that ego of, well, I just spent $50,000. Like I'm not going to work for $10 a fucking hour because I get that because it's a broken model. That's why like you get those college kids that are so fucking confused and excuse my language, but it's like they have a right to be, which is why I'm saying like you can't blame them. Yeah. It's, it's like it's the same yeah. thing as the employee and the manager. You can't blame the employee for not you know, going and excelling when the manager's holding them back. Kids go through this and they say, wait, I just spent $70,000 becoming an accountant and you want to pay me $8 an hour? So yeah, because yeah, you don't know shit. Yeah. You don't know shit yet. But they have a right to be pissed off like because yeah. they, just, they just spent literally a freaking, you know, nice Porsche's salary, <laughs> you know, like cost or Porsche's cost or literally a triple down payment on a, you know, a, like minimum down payment on a house to make $10 an hour because yeah. they have to, guess what, Jack, you're starting where everyone else is. Yeah. It's insane. Like it's an insane thing. So I think that model that we kind of talked about takes that away. Cause at 17, at 15, 16, 17, 18, you're not expecting to come in and make because you don't have, cause you're worthless. Yeah. Fact of the matter is you are worthless. Like, yeah. like you like have to learn and like, you should be like, you could almost pay for that experience. If you're getting it for free, good for you. Mm -hmm. Like, but that's, I think, where all of that like stuff goes just completely crazy. Yeah. And and I think it's where you get to, you know, kind of the situation where we're in, where kids come out of school, they expect a ton of money, and they never actually think that they have to go through the grunt work because they think that the grunt work was them partying for four years and paying their dues. Yeah. You know, by paying tuition. Well, and it's entitled. Like college, like creates entitlement yeah. uh, with with these kids. They get out and expect to make, hey, here's a seventy, eighty, ninety, yep. hundred thousand dollar salary. When yep. in reality, it's like. Hey, here's, you're lucky if you're making 30, 40. And that's what's and so crazy to me is like, if you look at like, if you look at the, I'll, I obviously speak to what I know. So if you yeah. look at the accounting industry, any, I, I like majority of people will never reach a controller, CFO, like mm -hmm. VP level. It's just a fact of the matter. Like, I mean, every business has a, like needs an accountant. But not every business necessarily needs like an, like a CFO or controller or someone that they're going to pay 70, 80K a year. So if you say that like, I wish I had the like exact numbers of walking through where the scenario is. Like how many businesses do above $15 million a year? Is it 10% of businesses that are out? Is it 5%? Yeah. You know, you know, it's like, it's like 
of it, of like individuals. Like if I know I know the stats more in personal like personal finance, like the one percent, you know, is four hundred. I don't know that those numbers for businesses, but let's just for easy math. I'll even say it's crazy. Let's just say that twenty five percent for easy math, which is not the case. Like yeah. our twenty five percent of businesses are above, you know. 10, 15 million dollars a year, which is where it starts to make really practical sense for you to have a full-time, depending on what your business is, you know, full-time controller. It can sway both ways, but let's just say it's 25. That means 75% of businesses don't have any rhyme or reason to ever pay someone more than 30, 40K, 40K a year, maybe 50, 60K a year to be an accountant. And I'm speaking Milwaukee terms. If you're in LA, it's different stuff, you know? Um, so if that's the case, that means 75% of employees are never going to make over 70k a year yet if you go to like a big school and get an accounting degree you're going to spend 80 90k on it mm -hmm. but you're never going to make more than 55 60 thousand dollars in your career now if you look at it just and say oh well that has a two-year it's not like a payoff period mm -hmm. because you're paying taxes on obviously your income you, you want to then have a car you want to have a house you want to have a family you want to have these things you're never going to see an ROI on that degree. Yeah. You're never going to like, you, you may never pay it off. It's why our college debt is where it is. But nobody tells you these things in high school. Yeah. You think like, oh, well, this job will pay me. You know, I can make up to, you know, I can be a CFO, make 180 a year. Yeah. Yeah. If you work for, if you find one of the 3% of companies in this country and you get hired, mm -hmm. yeah, you can, you can have a nice payback period and live a, like, and live a financially like free life. Yeah. But for majority of you that are just like mid-tier accountants, like just calling it what it is, like not everyone's even built to be a CFO or a controller. Like it takes a different type of individual. If you're just an accountant, you're never going to pay that back. Like there's no ROI on that. You learn the same shit going to a technical school. Like, and even not even technical school, you just learn the same shit going, like go, just go work in the field. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It, it's just like when you look at the numbers like that, like people that go to – I'll use like Madison here, you know, and spend, you know, hand over fist just for a general accounting degree. What are you doing? Yeah. Now, if your parents are paying for it, great. Looks good, I guess. But like if you're paying even a dollar of it, you're yeah. fucked. Well, and it's still someone's money. It's like, yeah, I know. And like that's the thing too. It's like, I, yeah, like it's I still. I wish like my parents had, okay, here's Sam, here's $50,000 for college. Awesome. I'm not going to college. Can I invest $50,000 into myself, into stocks, into yeah. building a business? Like that would be rad, but it's like, no. And it's, it's wild. And, um, I like remember very vividly, like having like small, like career days or like something you can search stuff mm -hmm. online. And like the common, the most common question is like, Oh, how much does that pay? And it's like, I never saw anything, what anyone picked. You, Excluding like neurosurgeons yeah. and stuff that make quite a bit of money with yeah. twelve years yeah, of we, schooling. Yeah, I remember like we had like that career day. I don't know if you're talking about the same thing. Where it was like in the and I'm using specifics, but like in the upper gym or something like that. I had that yep. in, in, in like high school. And the funniest thing was is like guess what I was? What were you? Controller. Were you? Really? <laughs> I was. I was a neuro. Uh, I was like a neurosurgeon or whatever. So like I never had to worry about money, and it was yeah, it was funny. But like, but it was but like so I started helping other kids in that example yeah like, like in this thing like literally like we were sitting there and i was like yo why don't you like sell me your house and then the, the teachers were like no 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 you like can't like do that because that's the house you were given it's like no like if you can't afford it like sell it to me yeah 
Like, and then, like, I was, like, trying to, like, create, like, a little freaking, like, <laughs> economic. Yeah, I was trying to, like, because I have the houses. If people got to pay rent, you know, I was trying to, like, build with, like, what I had. And, like, the teachers, like, were, like, wrist slapping. Like, yeah. well, you can't buy there. Like, well, I was like, why do they? Why would you buy that house with that salary? Yeah. It's like, well, that's just part of the game. That's, like, the house we're giving you. Well, no, you wouldn't make that decision. Like, what are you telling the kid? Like, yeah. Because it's supposed to show that, like, well, you have to get a good job because otherwise you won't be able to afford life. It's like, no, like, that's bogus. You wouldn't buy that house. Like, this yeah. isn't a real thing. Like, yeah. but it shows, like, that's career day. Yeah. At a school, that's career day. Like, this person only has this degree. And, like, it's shelving, like, showing you that you won't succeed unless you go this path. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I I've never actually even thought – this is the first time I've ever said it out loud. I was like – I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, this is awful. That, that, that's a horrible. It's a awful. Holy shit. It like, is so bad. Like, 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 I was more so just being a dick and like, just like trying to like, well, I'm going to own all the fucking houses and I'm going to rent yeah. it back to the people because they got to live some, you know, like, and like, I was just trying to like play the game being like a monopoly, you know, playing yeah. the game like monopoly. But that's actually horrible now that I think about it. I've never yeah. even said it out loud like that or thought about it since I was in high school. I lo love that you brought it up. That's broken. Yeah. But like it's showing that like, well, no, but that's like the house you're given. It's like you wouldn't buy it. Yeah. If that person likes that job, they can go live in a studio apartment and love their shit. Why are you telling them that that's wrong? They yeah. wouldn't go and buy the house. So they don't go and buy the car. Yeah. But, but, but it's not teaching like why don't you use that opportunity to, to teach like financial literacy? Yeah. Or something real. It's like, nope, this is like it. And then I guess once you're like, ah, see how hard it is. What the fuck is that? Yeah. I've never – sorry. I'm just like having this moment. Like I've never no, thought love, about that. Yeah. Isn't it it's Holy so shit. it's so fucked up and like I saw I think uh, Mark Metry posted the other day on on social and he was like if let's say there's two two people on on social one one's working a 9 to 5 and like posts yo I got a raise he's going he or she I is going that. he's going to get praised he's going to get loved yep. he's going to be like sweet you got a raise you work so hard yep. the, their neighbor posted, yo, I just made 70 grand this month yep. with my business. They're going to be like, well, you know, what? you have self-employment tax and you know that yeah. you're like, yeah. Like, and why, why are you so cocky? Why are you so yeah. arrogant? Yada, yada, yada. You're just rubbing it in. But it's like, okay, who worked harder? The business owner, 100% yeah. of the time. And it's like, it's so wild because like, that's why I brought it up, like the salary thing. And obviously everything isn't just all about money, but it's like no job in there paid more than See, but, but, 80, but, but, but 90, 100. I, yeah, exactly. I, I do want to say though, the biggest misconception with people is that like, you don't want to make it about money. Everything, our country runs on money. So yeah. like, so like there, yes, in some fairy tale world, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It literally matters, which is why like all of these things that we're talking about, like if your, if your trait that you exemplify is data analysis, the reason you want to grow and get better, if you just like start learning and you do all this stuff, as humans, we still have to have a reward, yeah. which is why you have to build a skill that is a value to someone else. And the better you get at that skill, the more value you bring to someone else, the more money you then earn. Mm -hmm. It's like it, that, that is our literally, that is, that is our, the foundation of our lives. Mm -hmm. So there is no like kumbaya moment. We're like, well, money doesn't matter. Yeah. No, like money absolutely matters. Like you like have to enjoy what you're doing and like you, but you, that's what pushes you'd also like get better at what you do yeah because like if you don't see a path for improvement like or a path for growth whether it's financially or different types of perks that's when as humans we short out why do you think people get stuck in the office life mm. because if you don't see like well i'm not i'm not going to be a manager i don't have like and i like i said it goes to the scenario of like if you don't see a path to improvement at like your company but you can't leave because you got the college debt yeah you have the kids you have the house you have car debt you have all this stuff, so you can't leave, but you can't grow. What's pushing you to get better? Yeah.
Now, like, I would argue that, well, but for me, like, I would just go mad. But that's how people just stop giving a shit. That's how water coolers talk starts. That's how people sit at work and just text and fucking chill and watch YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. They just don't give a fuck. And then it sends you, it wires you into a cycle of not being a, you know, it's, it's, it's a fixed mindset. Then you're, that's just how you feel stuck. And yeah. that's how you end up, like, just going through the motions, hating your job. And then you retire and we go through the same scenario. All of yeah. it plays into each other. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And, like, th- thinking back to, like, business class and stuff, like, how many, like, concrete examples, like, how, how do they teach you how to go out and make a million bucks or $100,000? Like, okay, how much do you need to make a year? How much mm-hmm. do you need to make a, a week, a yep. day? And, like, breaking that down and, like, going back to the talk of, like, hey, this job will pay you 80 grand a year, 90 grand a year, 100 grand a year. Awesome. That's, that's a lot of money. But, like, where, where are the business owners or, like, how do you scale a business to make that in a month? And, and like that was well, that wasn't even heard of in school. And, and, and the and the funniest thing about that is like so I obviously took like all of my electives in high school business courses. Yeah. The funniest thing Same. is like, do they tell you who's paying you the eighty two hundred thousand dollars a year? No. Like who's priming the person that's going to pay you eighty two hundred thousand dollars a year? Yeah. They're just on their own to figure it out. Yeah. Like entrepreneurs are just on their own to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like, well, you're gonna make eighty to hundred. Well, somewhere along the line, someone has to be the person who's also paying you eighty to hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Like that dream scenario sounds beautiful. Yeah. But but who's paying you it? Oh, well, I'll find a job. Well, who started that job? Well, like, or I'll, I'll find a company where for who started that company? Yeah. Like like who's helping that person? And it's like, pe- like I don't think people really realize like how much money businesses need to take in to pay someone fucking $80,000 a year. It's absolutely asinine. Like right now, like, so I just made my, literally starting next week, my, my first hire. We can talk about that too. I have a piece of hair. That's uh, Thank you. Yes. Very exciting. I damn near had a fucking heart attack. Yeah. Dead ass. And like, I literally, like I, I've run payrolls. I know what it costs, but I've done it with other people's money. Yeah. And I see with my own and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. You gotta be kidding me. Like you just like see the taxes and you see like, and then like when you start running, like now that like the business is basically my full time, like I'm also not looking at like self-employment tax a hell of a lot differently. It, it's very easy when you see, and I'm just throwing out like arbitrary numbers. It's very easy when you see a million dollars and it's like, oh, well they'll take 50%. And it's like, okay, cool. Cause I'm still like, I still got some nine to five shit and like, I'm still paying, you know, so like that's helping a lot of my income taxes. I'm already paying a lot in. Fuck. Yeah. Self-employment tax sucks. Yeah. And that's it too. It's like, what's the government setting you up for? <laughs> like literally, like I'm starting a business. Now you want to like, you want to punish me? Yeah. Like, like literally like I lose 40, like 40, 50% off the top. It's like, cool. Great. And now I'm paying taxes for the employees. You're paying like, it's like, oh, and then you start wondering how like, this is, is not a political discussion at all. But like, you start wondering why, like you believe in tax breaks for businesses and why, like, it's like, why, why am I getting more penalized because I started the company? Like, why don't... With why, jobs, with, hundreds of thousands of jobs. Yeah, and like, trillion, so I can yeah. provide jobs for other people and you can like... It's why you give tax breaks to businesses and areas because if you come in the area, you get people jobs. Otherwise, people don't have places to work. Like, you don't have like... And it's crazy. Like, you want to talk about a system just set up for failure. Like, and I really hope this doesn't end up being like a political conversation. Like, I know we won't, but like people hear it and it becomes one. But it's like... What incentive do people have to start businesses? So your entire life you're told not to do it, this and that, and oh hey, we're gonna actually tax you even more because yeah. now like cause, because, because because think about that. So like, and I'm not saying you're usually the business will take on a portion of that tax. That's like the employer taxes, employee taxes. I get where it's coming from, but you're not offering an incentive for the person to start a business either. Yeah. Like literally, like I have to make X amount. Like think about like the percentage more starting my business 
Otherwise, I make the same amount of money just going to work. Mm. What incentive do you have to go and like start a company? Yeah, I never thought about it that way. It's insane. And nobody does. Everyone just sees business owners and you look at the Bezos of the world and go, see, that's fucked Fuck up. Fuck that dude. Yeah, he's worth see, a trillion. Like, yeah, he's worth he, his whole thing could pay off. Fuck you. Yeah. Nobody, nobody was like, you know, nobody thinks about the business owner. Like right now through COVID, this whole thing's freaking crazy. I love how like you like call out like business owners who have gotten like PPP loans. Mm-hmm. I've seen so much shit for businesses that have, that, that got people like, well, you guys took in this money and your business didn't, and your business didn't fail. So you should pay it back. You know what, Karen, <laughs> what if that business did go under? Yeah. Were you going to help them to stay afloat? Were you going to pay then? Because that owner was about to lose everything. Yeah. Now, luckily for him, it didn't happen that way. Yeah. But like, I see employees like, oh, well, we should all like get bonuses. And like, yes, it's nice. Like, like if the, if the owner wants to, like, like if there's excess, we should have just gotten this. Fuck you. Yeah. And I literally mean that because, because if the business is going under, you go and find a different job. Yeah. The owner of that company loses everything. Loses everything. Yeah. So like if he may, if like he or she makes it through this pandemic and has, you know, five grand left over and they want to put it towards a loan, paying yeah. off a loan at a 1% rate instead of a 5% rate, they damn well should. And if they want to give it to you, then you should literally be like kissing their feet through the office because that's just, that, that is just a tremendous gesture. Yeah. Because if that business goes under, you find a different job, that person loses everything and you're not going to give them money, you know, give them the money back that they were paying you when the business was failing. Like it doesn't like, I just People can't understand the disc. It's, it's the entitlement. Entitled. It's, it's just like, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. Like, let's just play that scenario out in like a practicality way. You have a business owner, he gets a hundred thousand dollars from the PPP loan and he has two employees that he has to pay for throughout this thing. The business is shit because it's a restaurant and he's not even open, but he's paying his employees at the end of it. The business is still living, but he's kicking it back up and he has $10,000 left and he's got a 6% interest loan. Me as his accountant is going to say, you put that 10,000 towards that loan because through the PPP, you have now six, I, I, I don't know the la- latest guidance, it keeps changing, but like you have it at a 1% loan. Mm-hmm. Why would you not pay down the six? You're saving 5% for the next, you know, however many years. And then you have the employee turn and go, well, why wouldn't you give that in a bonus? Or that's so selfish. You got it on the backs of the employees. What if the business would have went under and I was paying you for the past two months? Mm-hmm. Are you going to pay me some of that back because I'm in debt and I have to still pay off these loans? Yeah. That were allowing you to have a job in the first place? What the fuck is that? I, I just, I can't fathom like that train of thought, that, that like entitlement. Yeah. That like, I, it just baffles me. Baffles that, me. I love this conversation so much. Like, it's so true. And like, business, like entrepreneurs are like, a, it's a sexy term right now, but it's like three, three 3% of the population make up more than 60 to 70% of the jobs in, in the world mm-hmm. period. And that's, and that's where you start to get into those discussions and like, trust me, like, do I, do I like all of these things when you listen to like Kumbaya moments of like, don't you think it's fucked up that like, you know, like 0.001 make up, you know, like 70% of the income. Those people also supply 70%, 80% of the jobs. Yeah. So it's like, that's the reason people have work. Now, like, does it get crazy when someone has trillions? But, like, find me a guy who has trillions of dollars and doesn't donate crazy either. Yeah. And, like, then don't, and, like, they don't have to. Yeah. People do it. Like, you can't count other people's money. It's like, when you, if you have time to count other people's money, that means your shit's fucking broken. Dude, it pisses me off when, like, 
I, I like Bezos has a lot of money. Yes. Like no one really needs tangibly $170 billion after giving away $50 billion. But who else in this planet can give $10 billion yeah. to an organization? And who else in this country is employing hundreds of thousands of people? I don't even know Amazon's Probably number. close to a million. But it's the same thing. It's like if you look at life and if you understand life just from like people always throw these gray areas in. And you look at like all this – like look at life black and white for one second and think value equals money. And it's always the people who scream and complain the loudest are the people that have little to, you know, it's like they're, they're the ones in the nine to five roles or the ones yeah. who are working at the coffee shop down the street, but don't want to put in any work to do anything, but just, and I'm throwing generalities. I know I'm going to sound like a dick, but like, but you look at the people that are the loudest complaining about people who have, who have amassed wealth. What do you do to bring people back? Well, this person has so much money. Steve, all you do is give people coffee. <laughs> Jeff Bezos employs 100,000 fucking people. Yeah. He started a company out of his garage and he sells every product in the world. You move a fucking lever and give me tea. Yeah. Like what value do you provide? And I'm not saying that's not a service, but at the end of the day, like a machine can do that. Yeah. Like you're going to be out of, you should all probably already be out of work because I can find a machine to do that. That cost me $10,000 once. You cost me $35,000 a year and I'm paying taxes. You cost me 50,000 in where do you get off? I just like how someone can have that train of thought. It baffles me. Yeah. Like that per like, don't get it twisted to amass wealth. You have to bring value to a shit ton of people. Yeah. And like and a even, shit ton of value and a shit ton of value, a shit ton of value, to a shit ton of people. That's how you amass wealth. And that, and that's the thing. It's like, people look at, you know, like either the Bezos and I'll even go to where people get super pissed. We have, we have the Pfizer forum five minutes down the road. Mm hmm. Why do athletes get, there is 60,000 fucking people in that arena every night. Yeah. And they're paying a hundred some dollars to be there. Where do you want the money to go? The money is coming from somewhere. Yeah. The money has to go somewhere. The players are the ones who are bringing in that income. Like, like they're what, what do you want the owners to get more? Yeah. No, these people play a sport that millions of, if nobody watched it, they wouldn't, there be. wouldn't, there wouldn't be money. Yeah. Their money is a byproduct of the entertainment that they provide to people. Yeah. The money has the you're like paying the money to watch them on TV. The TV station is paying hundreds of millions or billions of dollars for the rights to show that game. Where's the money going to go? There's a ton of money floating around. The players are going to make it because yeah. they're the ones who are building this empire. Their value is the ones that build a stadium that now think about the area around that. The yeah. restaurants, and we're going through COVID, so there's a different thing, but like the restaurants, the, the bars, the bars, the, the apartments, the apartments, the, the structure, how much money. That one player, think about Giannis. He will forever be underpaid to the city of Milwaukee. Yeah. They have max contracts. He's going to get 250 million. There's going to be people that bitch. He's worth a billion dollars. Like, I, he, if you go to his actual what he's worth a year to this city, yeah. he's underpaid. Absolutely. Because the value that he provides to the bars, to, 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 to the team itself, to the TV stations, to the radio stations. Think about all the people that talk about him. Every, to all the stores that sell his jerseys, to all the, he's underpaid. Yeah. Underpaid. LeBron James, most underpaid person in this country. It's just, mm. it's insane. But people look at it and go, well, he's just playing a game. Yeah, he's playing a game that, that generates hundreds, hundreds of, of billions of, of dollars of revenue. Yeah. Where, where does that disconnect happen? Like, where does logic go off the window and it becomes like where people just lose that aspect of common sense? Yeah. It just, 
why where where do we lose the black and white? Yeah. Because I because it just it just baffles me. I just I just it, it, it's something that like six ways from Sunday perplexes me to no avail. And I would love to like have conversations with people about that stuff who 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 are the front runners of, you know, like who you go on, whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, or any news station and bitch about what people make. Yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah. And you can throw out, you know, the, the half a percent example of, well, their parents were wealthy. So now they are, they didn't earn it. Yeah. Well, okay. Someone along that line broke the chain, broke the chain and made a fuck ton of money. Like, it's, it's, it's like the family just didn't amass, like, and it's just given, like, $20 billion, and now suddenly, like, the next 10 generations are taken care of. Yeah. It's like, no, somebody along the line, and yes, did the kids maybe not have to work for it? Yes, Karen, the kids didn't have to work for it. Yeah. But what did? Just, well, like, who did? Like, their after father? Their but, mother? But then, like, like, after you die, then who should get your money? Should it go back to the government? No, because they're going to spend it stupidly. Yeah. Or foolishly. Should it be dispersed amongst everyone? No, because what did you do to get it? Yeah, you did nothing that their kids didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> so like, where does the money go? It doesn't just evaporate or disappear. It has to go to someone. Yeah. And who's m- more? Yeah. In line to get it than their family. Yeah. Who else should get it? What like? It sounds great. It's like oh, but like these kids are just trustful. Like, they don't have to work or they don't have to. Do Do you want the money? Because yeah. Do you think you earned it? And isn't should that, it go back? Isn't that why people what do you work think? and like, have families? Like, yeah. Yo, I want to provide for my family. I want to set my kids up How for a future. How do you provide for a gener- even even a generation or or even give something to your kids when you die? Yeah. That's what everybody wants to do. Yeah. And that's what Karen's still working to do. Yeah. But she's just pissed because she's not gonna be able to do enough. You know, as Can't Jeff Bezos your, is going to yeah. do for his. And everyone, like, I just saw something. Like, it was a post on, it was like Jackie Chan said he's going to donate all this money or whatever. And his kid's not, his kid's going to have to forge his own path. And it's all these comments like, oh, I love Jackie Chan. It's like, why are you counting bro's money? Like, why are you applauding him for doing that? Like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's cool, I guess. But it's his decision to do what he wants to do with. Like, like, like if he would have came out and said, hey, I'm going to do this. Would you all be shitting on him? Yeah. What's the difference? Like, yeah. What's, like, it's his money. Like, why, like. You have problems if you count other people's money. You have problems if you count other people's jobs. If you look at other – like, look within at your own shit. And I, I don't know where that stops getting to be black and white mm-hmm. because it, it's, it, it, it's, it's easy as day. It's, it's when common sense stops becoming common to people. Yeah. And I think it's this kumbaya life where it's like, oh, well, but, like, this was perfect. Or it's like – that's society. What's your views on like saving for retirement and like not spending any money like while you're young? Yeah, so I've I've actually like like not up, having fun with your money. If if you make like it depends. not, not See, making like, paycheck to paycheck, like you have a substantial amount, you're making a few hundred thousand dollars a year like when you're young. Yeah, so I've really shifted. So like I think there are avenues of setting up like I've I've grown up and I actually just bought like um uh, I, I really want to get into that discussion, but it's, it'll take us off a different path. So I, I've, 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 I'm more and more realizing as I continue to, you know, try to grow my knowledge that actually like my, my personal relationship with finance is an unhealthy one. Mm. I've been like, you know, kind of save, 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 and like save it for, you know, like not like retirement, but just like, you know, like a rainy day, a rainy day. And like, because I'm always, and and I'm always like, I've really like, from a financial perspective, lived from if I like lose this tomorrow, or like living in fear of like if this trajectory that I'm on stops, or like if I like lose this and it, I go back to zero, 
I still want to have some, I want to have money. You want to like, not like, you know, I, 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 it's like, it's a, it's just a worry of zero. And I realized that like a lot of that is hardwired from my family environment growing up. We didn't have any money. So like when mm -hmm. you got it, like you saved. saved it because you knew that like if something bad happened, you needed to have a rainy day fund and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. like, so like I've, I developed very unhealthy relationships with personal finance and I'm just really actually becoming self-aware to it in a weird way. Mm -hmm. I've gotten like just kind of subconsciously better at it over the years, but still like the actual fundamentals and practices and hardwiring of myself is still that way. So I don't know if I'm actually, which is so crazy because like I can direct, you know, a hundred million dollar businesses fin like financials. But when it comes to like my own personal, I just, you know, it's easier to know than to like actually practice. Yeah. And like when I look at like, you know, ROI and stuff, like it got to the point where like, you know, like even a couple of years ago where you could literally tell me like, yo, this is a guaranteed, you know, 10% ROI. And I look at it and be like, ah, I'm just, I'm yeah. just going to hold what I, and it, it's just crazy. It, it, like, so like I really, and it, it's really from that being hardwired, um, and having kind of an unhealthy relationship with personal finance. And it, it really stems from, you know, my kind of environment growing up, which probably made me as good as I am financially, mm -hmm. but personally I've kind of, you know, um, limited my upside because mm. I've been a lot more risk averse than I should have been um, or should be. So I, I, I would say a lot of that comes down to personal preference. Um, and, and really the personal preference starts at having a healthy relationship with your money. Cause I think that's, what's going to tell you a lot more. If you're, if you have a healthy relationship with money, just even because even people, people who save too much, people who spend too much, both have the same problem. Mm -hmm. they, they have an unhealthy relationship with their finances. Cause if you're overspending, you're probably stressed about overspending. If you're over saving, you're stressed that you don't have enough savings. Mm. So like, the first step is going to be, and this is like literally what I'm, I've been reading a lot about and watching a lot of it's developing a healthy relationship with your money. And I think so mm -hmm. many people have, you know, look at money like it's this, you know, like negative thing. And like you, it's, it's literally gonna be the, it's the, it's the foundation to our society. So ensuring that you have a healthy relationship with it is just first and foremost, I think of the most importance. Yeah. Like money, money has no charge to it like money is not a positive thing or a negative thing. Exactly. It's people's relationship behind it that gives yep. money its charge. Yeah. And that's where like, if, if you hear the word money and you have any relationship or any thought process under the, other than neutral, your situation's broken. Yeah. And like mine's the same way. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I'm saying thinks, that as someone yeah. that's like not neutral about it. Yeah. So, so I really think it comes down to like when you develop that healthy relationship, then, then it's figuring out like what works for you. Like some people are going to be like, Hey, like I am, you know, on a path where, I would rather set up, you know, you have the people that are like, I want to retire at 35. So like, yo, I'm going to save up the wazoo. I'm going to invest up the wazoo. I know what I got to do to hit this, you know, in a 10 year plan. Yeah. People that are like, Hey, I actually like, you know, I enjoy my job and like, trust me, they're like, I've spoken a lot of shit about jobs, but they're people that love their shit. And then yeah. oh, fucking amazing. Like, like that's tremendous. And you're just like, Hey, no, like I, I love what I do. Like I want to do this, but, but I do want like a traditional retirement, this and that, then you structure it that way. Then you know what you have to spend. One of the, one of my favorite things I just heard is choice um, is an illusion. Really let that sink in. I've never thought about it that way, but in life we think that we have all of these choices. You don't. Because you have to decide what you want, and in order to get what you want, 
the choices are made for you. Like if you want to build a $100 million company, a billion dollar company, if you just want to be an entrepreneur and work for yourself, you actually don't have the choice to go out and party five days a week. You may think you do because it's America like, and you have choices. You don't because you're not going to get the result if you don't make the right choices. And the right choices aren't plentiful. They're few and far between. You know what you have to do. Interesting. I've never seen it that way. Yeah. So like that really like twisted something in my head because you think like, hey, I want to look like Zac Efron. Like this thing, people like see like workout, working out makes them like is the easiest way to think about it. I want to look like this. Then you don't have choices on food. You don't have choices with your time. You have to go to the gym. Yeah. Like you don't have a choice. Choice is an illusion. If you know what you're, if you like are setting out to do something, if you have an end goal, you don't have a choice. And if you start making choices, that's when you don't reach your goal because you're choosing against what you have to do. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Wow. Yeah, dude, that fucked me up. That's, fucked that's insane. Me up. This has been a badass podcast. Like this is... I, I love this because it's the topics we're talking about. It's kind of right on the edge of like making some people frustrated and having a lot of people be okay with it and hopefully changing people's point of views. Like obviously by no means do either of us mean to really like offend people or like start beef or stupid, stupid shit like that you see on social. But like, yeah, I also want to say though, like if you hear any of what like, This, this may piss people off more. If you hear any of the thoughts that we said and you're pissed off, you're, you're the problem. And I'm not like say like there are areas in which I know that I'm not right. There are areas in which I know are 110 percent up for debate and like a lot of like it's why I like finance. It's why I like business because shit's black and white. It's like let's. I just want to talk one more point on the choice of illusion or choice is an illusion. It's. Business is as simple as like right now I've been experiencing it. Like I, I want to grow the company. You want to be able to, um, you know, scale and look at it. So I look at my company and I have, you know, right now it's a finite amount of money. You, there's only so much income coming in. And I have a certain amount of money that I want to make. Point blank, you know, a certain standard of living, this and that. But... I need to hire somebody because I no longer have time. If I hire somebody, I no longer have money. the amount of money that I wanted to make. This is why choice is an illusion. You don't have a choice because you'll find out what you actually want to do. If I actually want to grow the company, I'll make the hire, which I did, and I will adjust my living accordingly. If I decide to not do it, then I don't actually want to grow the company, which is why you don't actually have a choice. And in life, and this is something we wrap up with, in life, you're going to believe that, you know, there's this plentiful of options and this plentiful of, um, you know, things you go out and do. And there's all these, you know, like all these kumbaya thoughts and all this stuff that sounds excellent on paper and it sounds amazing and in theory, it's all false. You're living in a fantasy land. And if you choose to, all the power to you. 
but don't impose that on other people because there are people that are trying to live in reality. And that's not to try to sound like a dick, but it's the same thing. You know, if right now I was on this podcast saying, well, see, like being starting a business is bullshit because it take like it doesn't give you this and like, you know, and I'm working my ass off, but I'm not able to like make, you know, as much as this and like all gray area, mm-hmm. all a fairy tale land. By me saying that nobody's going to come up to me, I can go invest around and there's different stuff, but like in life, you know, no one's going to come up to me and then say, you're right. You're working very hard. And I know that you do need an employee to scale. So I'm going to let you keep a hundred employees. So yeah. So here's a free, or I'm going to work for free or someone, or or someone's going to come to you and say, I'm not going to take any equity in your company. You don't have to, you know, pay me a percentage or this isn't a loan. Here's a hundred thousand dollars because I do feel bad. Yeah. That's not a thing. And in business, you hear that scenario and you go, well, no shit. Yeah. But that's how life is too. You don't have a choice. Decide what you want to live and start acting. And if you don't act, then stop complaining. Simple as that. I couldn't have ended it better myself. This has been fun. I wish we had another like two hours to do this. We, uh, we'll, we need to loop tie-in. Oh, yeah. Next time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Dude, this is this has probably been my favorite podcast we've ever done. This is my favorite and piece like, of speaking I've ever done. This is this conversation we'll have for a long time. Yeah. This is awesome. And that. like anyone listening, like don't get a twist of like, I know when you said like some people are living in a reality. Some people's reality is they make $100,000 in profit a month or a million dollars of profit a month. That's a reality to a lot of people out there. Mm-hmm. So don't get that twist of like playing small. Of like, okay, I'll, I'll shrink my box to fit a $40,000 a year job, $60,000 a year job, yeah. which is a lot of money to a lot of people. Awesome. If you want that style, awesome. Go for it. And that's, and that's the thing too. And like, I, I see, I feel like this can just keep going, but <laughs> it comes down to like, it's whatever you want. Yeah. Your actions have to map it. So that's like what it comes down to. Like, and you, there's so many avenues I can, I just want to take this, but we, yeah, we, next. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's, it's like, you can always map whatever, you know, if someone on the face of this earth has done it, there's nothing to say that you can't. Yeah. Except for your own limiting belief. Yeah. And as long as that's the case, like, whether you're 40, 50, 60, you can go back and start at zero, like, and do it. Mm-hmm. So whatever that end goal of what you want is, like, figure it out and then just map your actions accordingly. Mm. Facts. Big facts. Well. Yes. Suck yeah, boss. Before we continue on. Thank uh, you. <laughs> thank you for hopping on uh, today. Again, this is probably my favorite piece of speaking we've ever done together. Uh and uh, where can people find you? Uh, on all of, you know, socials, uh, really LinkedIn heavy. Um, I would say, yeah, preferably LinkedIn. Or find my neversecondaccounts.com and hit yes. me up if you need accounting. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. With there the hard <laughs> plug. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you are still listening, that's an hour worth of your time. So we are forever grateful for that. Yes. That literally means the world. And also you're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. (laughs) Boom. That's it. We're gone. Peace.